Heartland Podcast. My name's Justin. I am your host, also joined with your favorite co-host and creative director, Simon and Shannon. How are we feeling today? Feeling great. Feeling good. Another healthy day with Heartland. How are you doing, folks? There we go. We're doing wonderful. So, got a great topic today. We're going to be talking about that mythical creature, Beefalo. (laughs) But before we get into that, let's do the announcements. All right. couple quick announcements for you folks. Won't keep you too long, but if you are ready to reorder, we have an amazing reorder special for you this month. In June, it's Nick's Ice Cream, which is a Swedish-style light ice cream. Super delicious, tons of great flavors for everyone to enjoy, so we'll include four pints of that. Your choice, absolutely free, along with your reorder. Speaking of reorders, if you are getting your reorder delivered, be sure to take a photo of your delivery or your freezer, post it on your Facebook page and tag at Heartland Connect. Um, You'll be sure to be entered into our $500 raffle giveaway, which we uh, choose at the end of every month. So definitely check that out in the foodie group. And we look forward to seeing those posts. And with that, guys, let's not hesitate any longer. Let's get into the podcast. All right. So beefalo, I guess before we get into what is beefalo and all that, Justin, do you want to explain why Heartland uh, even would like to even carry beefalo? Like, how does it align with the brand? Well, I guess we want to carry everything, right? Like, we've got <laughs> goat cubes, frog legs, alligator, pheasants, quails. So, we want we want to have everything. But this specifically is a red meat health item. So, it's an alternative to traditional beef in terms of the lower cholesterol level. So, from a health perspective, it was something we wanted to offer um, for those who are supposed to eat a little less red meat because of cholesterol issues. So that's kind of the main motivator behind going down this beefalo rabbit hole, cattleos, and all these other hybrid animals. Right, right. So I guess the, the, the biggest opportunity there was the health perspective behind it. That If you're eating, you know, red meat to kind of get a more kind of like lean kind of same kind of flavor. Would you say it's the same flavor as beef? No, I mean, it's close. Yeah. It's kind of the middle ground between beef and bison, right? Because you got yep. the three-eighths uh, bison genetics, five-eighths cattle. So um, it's not as gamey as bison, but it's right. not as flavorful as beef. So kind of right in the middle. Yeah. 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 I love it. I mean, I just had a beefalo ribeye uh, the other day. And, I mean, it's it's for me, it's phenomenal. Like, I love ribeyes in general. But to have, right. you know, that transition of you know, beef to beefalo, it, it is, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I think it's great, especially if it is that, you know, I mean, lower cholesterol. And I think, you know, the USDA is, is the one that's putting out those stats as far as like, you know, the vitamins and the cholesterol and all those kind of things as well. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I enjoy, you know, red meat in terms of just beef and I enjoy the red meat in terms of beefalo as well. Well, it's nice, like you both mentioned to have like another option, right? Like you have the traditional cuts. And of course, if you're doing beef, you're either doing like a burger or maybe you're doing a steak, but it's nice to have uh, an option that's not only healthier, but that has a slightly different flavor. And, and really, if you're a beef fan, it's not going to be too far off from that. It's going right. to, you're going to feel real comfortable with it and it's going to taste delicious. And if, you know, beef maybe isn't your thing, maybe this is something that you could try to kind of you know, ease you into it because it is going to be a little bit leaner, but you're still going to get that beefy flavor. So I think it's, it's really a great middle ground uh, for everyone, whether, you know, health is the driving force behind what you're choosing or whether you'd like to try something new, right. Or, um, you know, whether you just want to have some variety. You bring up a good point because there's a lot of people that won't necessarily try just bison, right. Because they think that the the flavor is too gamey, although I enjoy it. But right. there's people some out there. Be- that some people enjoy it, and right. for some people, it might be you know too gamey or a lot to take on. So I mean, I think 
that's why this is like a good middle ground because you're getting a little bit of the the health benefits and some of the flavor from you know that bison, but also you're uh, you're a little bit close to home with those those beef flavors as well. So. Justin, do you think you really taste the bison in the beefalo? Um, sort of. Yeah, I think beefalo is just it's. I think you do a it's, little. It's its own thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. But one thing we have to be clear about because I get this question a lot. People think that beefalo is actually like we're we're taking pieces of each animal and combining it, like <laughs> grinding it together. No, no. Yeah. And they think it's like a, a, a blend mix, but right, this right. is actually a real hybrid animal. Yeah. Right. It looks like, I mean, essentially a cow, but just huge, just yeah, jacked, little, like really little, strong. It looks like, you know, like it has that, that body of like a, a bison, you know, because, you know, they're pretty strong and they're like right. the ultimate herbivore, right? Bison are. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, you know, the docility of the cows, mm-hmm. you know Cattle. what I mean? To be able to kind of raise these kind of animals so that you're getting, you know, the health properties of bison along with, you know, the flavor and that, again, the, the being able to raise the cows with that, you know, in terms of the temperament. Um, I think there, it was a funny quote. I, here, let me try to find it really quick. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really cute because, I mean, they're like, you know, you, you take out the meat. Oh, that's what it is. You take out the meanness, mm-hmm. but you keep the leanness. Ah, yeah. okay. You like that, right? There Oh, rim shot. Sorry, that was really <laughs> late. That was really late. But yeah, you take That's out the cute. meanness, but keep the leanness of of the bison with being able to kind of you know have that cross between the bison and the cattle. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. I think it's uh, some really good stuff, um, and I think it's it's going to take on a new sort of meaning, especially like we like to call it the miracle protein, mm-hmm. especially for people that are, are working out because you know mm-hmm. you want those kind of more lean kind of meats. Yeah, um, and I think that like. Right now, I, I don't think a lot of people even know that it's out there. Yeah, that's what I think is so cool is that it offers some variety into, you know, your diet and planning your meals. And it's just that extra added benefit. Um, I think Justin mentioned a bunch of the the unique cuts and products that we carry that you can't always find everywhere else. So that's something that, you know, you can you can add into your, your menu or your plan um, and kind of mix things up Yeah, as well. Yeah. And it's all, it's all the same cuts as beef. Right. right. So... Yeah, you got the ground, you can do burgers, you got the steaks, so you got ribeye and New York strip, right? Yep. And you got like um, flank steak, skirt got, steak. Got the stew tenders, yep. the fajita strips. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, they have some, so a list of the competitive beefalo traits mm-hmm. that are coming basically from this. So they've got longer reproductive lifespans. Mm. So that, I mean, for the for the people that are farming them, and there's not a lot of them, right. but Mark and Linda Merrill, Merrill right, mm-hmm. up in... Ellensburg, Washington. Ellensburg, Washington. Yep. That's essentially where we've been doing it since 1984. 1984. It's almost 40 years. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jen. We're good at math on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, small birth size uh, for ease of calving. Okay. Right. But yet. So good for the animals. Right. It's good for the animals. A lot less like downtime that the animal is going to have to take as they're recovering. recovering. Right. Um, But yet they have a rapid, rapid rate. I'm saying it fast as well. Rapid <laughs> rate of gain with forage, roughage, and feeding without uh, grains or hom- hormones. That's awesome. Right? So they have that that rapid growth rate that you see in, like, bison, but they're still that, you know what I mean? Again, you get the docility of the of the cows. The extreme climate adaptability. So oh, that's great, too. Right. Depending on where they're being raised, Absolutely. they can adapt to the environment, whether it's drier climate or wetter climate, colder climate. Because cows are pretty hardy. Yeah, you know they can they can be out you know in the winter time. So it's like a lot, some people don't know that. But some do some do better than than others in, in the different depending time. on the breed. Right. Yeah. And I also think that bison. I mean, as they they're you know they're roaming the earth. Right. I mean, roaming the the U S. essentially. Traditional. Back in, right. 
yeah, traditionally. So essentially, they're going to be dealing with all the different climates because mm-hmm. you're 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 grazing. You know what I mean? A, a pretty large area. So you're going to be going through the cold. You're going to be going through the heat. You're going to be going through all those things. So I you're think those are as some they of the as they migrated migrated. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Different yeah. seasons. Yep. That's why we had some of the most incredible soil mm. build up from all those herds of bison that were yep. just dumping room in all over the country. Yep. Yeah. And the different, you know, you think about like all the different like breeds and variations and they of were. Bison? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying like, you know, different genetic variations. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah they're yeah. traveling all over and migrating and they're in different places at different seasons, eating different forage at different times. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we've talked about like obviously the benefits of like their manure and their urine, but also like their saliva and things like that. So you just. That's essentially what, you know, regenerative farming is uh, that was like is mimicking. The, the great pasture rotation. Yeah, yeah the, exactly. Like in its fullest, uh, you know. And they boring. were just doing what they were, were meant to be doing, right? Yeah. They, it's they were natural, what they were genetically you know, meant to do. Yep. Um, but they got a very good mater- they're very good maternally. Um, they got great milking and high conception rates. Wow, that seems like all the things you would want. Right. <laughs> in like a herd, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, get this, they're disease resistance. Disease oh. resistant, so okay. you know what I mean. If you got like any kind of the the bovine bugs that are, are essentially there while you are farming them, they are, are more resistant to those bugs. Um, and then a great carcass structure, so the quality and the healthy meat. So then you're getting those same steaks that you're getting from you know the Black Angus and and all the other different breeds of cows, mm-hmm. but from a beefalo. Wow, yeah, it's pretty cool, right? And then as we said, I guess it's thirty. 37.5% American bison. So it's basically three-eighths and five-eighths domestic cattle. But yep. it has to be labeled as 37.5% American bison to be able to be considered beefalo. Yes. And then five-eighths domestic cattle, usually black Angus. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It makes you wonder how much conventional beef's out there with some bison genetics in it. Mm, yeah. You know, because they're not point. thorough breeding. So. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, you know, was there some genetics in there? Why not? Yeah. Actually, it'd be, I mean, if you, if you think about it, it'd be smart if they, if they did get like a, you know, like a steer from, you know, a, a beefalo and then incorporate that into their, I mean, I don't know. A if bison, any, you mean? No, from beefalo. Like you get a, a beefalo steer and oh, you have a beefalo it. steer and then, and then breed that with cattle. Yeah. Or just have it run with the herd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why not? Improves the genetics maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's, if it's doing all the things that you said in terms of like, um, less risk for like birth and then growing the herd that would make sense yeah high conception rate all those kind of things so yeah that's pretty cool yeah. yep but uh i guess their beefalo is a healthier beef for you in your world is what they're calling it is mm-hmm. it's what they're you know the marketing behind it is now and not many people are really marketing it because not many people really have it also too there was like a chart that was talking about um beefalo had more protein than regular beef um, it had almost three times the amount of calcium beefalo did. Mm-hmm. Um, it had more iron mm-hmm. than traditional beef, um, more potassium, more niacin, um, and then less regular, f- less total fat. So regular beef, I don't know, the, I guess they're doing this in grams, 17.37 grams, and beefalo, same serving, 6.3 grams. Mm. So that's like a third. That's... That's pretty, that's pretty significant. Why well, I, I assume, you know, cause stats, you know, statistics, <laughs> right. but that leads my mind to believe cause most of the, well, 45% of the mineral vitamin, all that content comes from the forage and the quality of the organic matter that fed the forage that they, they're on. So right. if they're comparing that to the stats of beef that comes from feedlots, 
maybe that's what it is, right? Mm. Not necessarily the breed difference. Maybe if Mm. you raise a cattle on pasture, it'll have similar to the beefalo. Because I don't know of any beefalo coming from a feedlot. Right. So, right. That's a good point. Absolutely. I didn't think of it like that. Yeah. And I think that with the the actual bite, the traits of the bison, it just, I think maybe even they can get more nutrients from the, the, you know, the grass than maybe, you know, maybe they're just more nutrient, uh, they can absorb the nutrients better than cattle essentially. Right. Wow. Because they're, you know, again, like the greatest herbivores that are out there. Bison essentially, I'm saying. Like their bodies are just more efficient at processing it. Right. It could be, that could be true too. But I think that's a great point, you know, that he brings up. Is yeah. that maybe they're comparing it to feedlot farms where it's like, yeah, of course, they're getting grain. They're, getting, <laughs> yeah. they're not even eating grass. Right. Like, yeah. So it could definitely be. It's probably could even be more than that. Maybe. You know what I mean? Right. But I mean, even if it even if it just supplied you that slight edge. Right. And that's what you needed. I mean, you know, even I mean, more the reason to try it then or, you know, to, to try it out and see if it's something that you would enjoy, because if it was slightly less you know, fat, cholesterol, and you're getting more potassium, more iron, more the things that you want, calcium. Why mm-hmm. not? You know, especially if it's, you know, tastes similar and, and you enjoy it. I, I just, I can't, me personally, I can't really like taste the difference when I taste it. And I've had both bison and beef. Um, and I just enjoy, like, I enjoy, of course, our, our ground beef and our chuck brisket um, short rib blend because <laughs> I just enjoy, you know, the fat and the flavor. But I think the beef flow has its own unique, um, you know, fat and flavor to it. But just something different. I would think because you're you're more of a person that in, like enjoys more lean kind of cuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you That's would fair. prefer even you know I mean something like a beefalo because I I love the fat like in the ribeyes. I mean the whole yeah. entire yeah. The every whole piece cap. of it. She's like, what are you doing? That's bristle. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. It tastes so good <laughs> to me. So I'm like, you know, the, for me the beefalo it was a little bit more lean, but I didn't miss any of the the fat and the flavor that was right. there. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. It's okay. It kind of has its own you know unique. Um, thing to it. It's not missing or, you know, adding anything. It has its own unique uh, flavor profile and texture and taste. Yeah. And um, on the actual, on this actual topic, judged by the overall flavor and texture, uh, it's received the best steak award multiple years running at the American Royal Steak Competition. Mm -hmm. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah. They said, I was reading that too. They said the same exact thing. Yeah. Is that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they provided two frozen ribeye steaks um, I guess the Kansas State University was the one who was doing the contest, and they mm-hmm. made sure that they had the cooking requirements were the same for each entry. Everything was judged and closely monitored. Um, and then they had eight judges from the United States and Canada, and they did all the taste tests, and the entries were all scored according to 10 criteria, including juiciness, tenderness, and lasting flavor. Mm. Um, and then they were totally surprised, the Merrill family, uh, when they learned that they had won it all. So out of 31 steak entries under the grass-fed category, and they won grand champion under all the grain-fed entries as well. So wow. they won, they won they best beat the grain? of all. Yeah, yeah. That's so, I mean, that's and like how you were talking about the way things are you know, raised. If, if all of those um, steaks were you know, grass-fed and everything, I just think that's really cool. Yeah. Like what an accomplishment. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's hard to beat a steak. It's like I, I would hate to be those judges having to, <laughs> to taste them because how can you, you know, judge between well, the best I mean, of the best? Like you're saying, flavor, texture, yeah. you can definitely tell. I like, feel like it's really going to be different for each judge, right? Like what's important to you? Yeah. Right? For me, texture is up there. Yeah. Yeah. Probably more than flavor. Yeah. Texture is huge. Absolutely. And I think so too. And for some people too, juiciness. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, yeah, juiciness is, is probably goes right along with the flavor. But also, I mean, like when you think of texture, if you get some of these like, 
not black Angus, you know what I mean? Like a different sort of, of breed of cattle and you're just sitting there and you're chewing on it and you're, ar, 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 whereas like with the black <laughs> Angus beef, you're cutting right through it. It's, it's like super smooth. It's, it's, 